and one. Godwin the rebound. Well, they're really having to work for everything. Push ahead, Jalen Moore behind the pack. Hammer! What a feed! Usana 70-foot assist. McCollum blasts by drive to the rim. Lob all the way out to Usan. Corner. Open three. Sores. Bam! Rivaldo Sores triple. Timeout, Kansas State. Down the lane. Corner pass. Open. Jalen Moore for three. Got it! Another three for Jalen Moore. Get in there. McCollum, left wing. Pump fake. Goes baseline. Blow by. Scooping layup. Attempt missed it. Oh, wait. Put back. Good. Tatum's first bucket tonight. It's a putback. 73-53 the final. Oklahoma wins it on the road tonight in the Little Apple. Victory! DJ about 9.30 last night at Travis's place in Tulsa. That's how he chose to celebrate OU's big basketball win. Going streaking, baby. Going streaking. That's how I celebrate every win. You know what? Even if you did that, even if at 9.30, notice I say 9.30, because college basketball games normally run about two hours, but with 48 fouls last night, it was a long basketball game. But even if you did, you went out and, and went streaking last night across the 918. I don't think that would be as weird as that basketball game last night. What a weird game, man. It, it was, man. It was really strange. And, you know, I don't think that there are a lot of games that you're going to win when you shoot like Oklahoma shot. Uh, you know, the, the defensive effort obviously led the way. A uh, lot of fouls getting called. I think it's worth, I think it's worth a discussion if we continue to see games like this that are, that are you know, officiated in this way. Having just the two halves, like, fouls add up extremely quickly. Yes, they do. So when you get into the bonus, it's like, oh, we're in the bonus for the next 11 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just weird. So um, I, I think there's some things you can do with that to to maybe make the game just a bit more visually appealing. But with the with the shooting splits as they were, Oklahoma's not simply not going to win a lot of games where they shoot 21.4% from three and 61.5% from the charity stripe. But last night they win by 20. I know. Like, that, on the road. If you and I were doing a show yesterday and we were talking about least likely scenarios for this game, it, this would have fallen somewhere at the top of least likely scenario. You shoot 61% from the free throw line, 21% from three but you win the game by 20 points on, on the road. And, and look, man, I, the, the, the free throws, it has to be a major part of the story from last night, okay? It has to be better. But I'm not going to let that take away the joy that I felt last night and just the, oh, yeah. thank God, that they went on the road and won by 20 points. Those numbers aren't great, but it's got to mean something if you still find a way to win by 20 on the road. Right, and I, I think the conversation around free throws – at least, you know, obviously I put out some stuff on social media about it, but, like, it was beckoning back to the Texas Tech game where it's like if you make those free throws, then you win that game. And I just – I see it as a as a consistent problem with this team. Regardless of winning by 20, it, I think we can all agree that 
OU needs to get better at free throw shooting. Yep. There's no doubt. But especially in your guys like Otega Owe, who needs to be on the court to close games. Like, it's you have to look at your guys that you want out there to give you a defensive edge like Owe does with his athleticism. And then you can't reward the other team by by basically being like, hey, just foul them. That's that your best defense is going hacka away or you know hacka whatever. And but yeah, it's such a big win. We talk about this conference how ridiculously difficult it is, and any road win is is worth celebration. A road win by twenty, and you can still look at it and say, hey, we've got a lot to work on. I don't think they're going to get big heads going into UCF. No, that you shouldn't. You shouldn't at all. Yeah, after last week and yeah, some of the things that have happened, you, you you shouldn't have that going on the road to UCF because that's going to be a challenge as well. But Jalen Moore, man, he was a dog. He's getting last better and night, better, man. man. Better and better. Wow. I mean, you talk about not just the stat line, but the efficiency. Twenty nine minutes played last night. Twenty three points, a career high. Twenty three points in twenty nine minutes. Nine rebounds. Six of eight from uh, six of eight from the field. Two of three behind. Three-point range, I mean, that's that's the best game of his career, and I don't even think it's debatable at this point. And it came at, at a great time. Yeah, and it's development. This coaching staff has done a really good job with him, and he's taken it upon himself to be more aggressive, right? It, athleticism is worth nothing if you aren't aggressive with it, if you don't use it intentionally. And he's really starting to use his athleticism intentionally, not only on the boards. I mean, he's really elevating for boards, but getting to the rim, I mean – he missed a dunk, and it was shocking to me because everything else was going right for him. But, yeah, just just staying aggressive. Him, away, everybody. Everybody on this team is better when they get aggressive. J.V. McCollum had a big night, right? It was because he was aggressive, you know, so the shot's not falling early. You know, it lasts few games, really, from deep, and he just stays aggressive, stays the course. When Oway attacks, he's better. When, when Jalen Moore attacks, he's better. So when... Porter Moser told us before the season that the athleticism is what made him so excited for the team. Now you're starting to see it, and it's really you know personified in Jalen Moore. 48 total fouls between the two teams. K-State at 27, oh. OU at 21. OU did have two technical fouls last night, and one of the technical fouls came on a bucket that felt like it ended a long streak of not scoring from the field. Yeah. So, you gotta was, love it that, right? Too. It was pretty light. It was pretty light. <laughs> Uh, from the two one four Gator, who Gator is a is a dog who texts the show. In case you <laughs> good, didn't know, yeah. Gator says going into that last media timeout in the second half, the Sooners were shooting the leather off the ball. Nice pull from yesterday, there, Gator. Road dub is still a dub, no matter how. Booma hashtag Spike was safe. Strong text. Vinny Paul says so. It's Wednesday. How have the expectations for OU basketball changed this week? It's a fair question, man. <laughs> I, I I still think, and we talk, and, and it's an so ongoing game by game, isn't it? Well, it's an ongoing conversation because expectations change based on more information, right? Well, I'll tell you what, they need. It, it really felt like this season could spiral after that Texas Tech crumbling that we saw uh, in front of the home crowd. Uh, but if it were going to crumble, and it still could, Tyler, don't get me wrong, if it were going to crumble. I don't think you see the defensive effort on the road that you saw in Manhattan because I think that's where you really measure a team's buy-in is on the defensive end. And watching them just harass the Wildcats like they did, I have confidence moving forward that no matter what the outside noise is, this team is still fully bought into Porter, and, uh, and, and you could see it on the defensive end. What do you think? 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's a fair point is, you know, yeah, we spent the first two days of this week, all right, oh, that was a really bad week, or things about to spiral out of control, and I think it was a fair thought to have, but to your point, you saw the effort was, was there last night, so this team's effort is still there, the buy-in's still there, that's, that's not an issue, and I, and I think that that's very evident from last night. You didn't shoot it great all the time, you missed some free throws, but you still won by 20 points, and the effort was... The effort was very noticeable. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and I think having that game, you can, you can build on that for sure. You need to shoot better, absolutely. If you're going to win at high levels in this conference, you're going to have to shoot better. Simple as that. But I think that little bit of confidence in, hey, guys, if the rock's not falling, you can still win in really dominant fashion if you just defend your butts off. I'll tell you what, Los Uzan, yep. he played some of the best – just one-on-one defense, I've seen him play all year. Porter he's, said as much after the game last he's night. He's denying the ball. I mean, he's working his tail off on the defensive end, and I think that is so important because he's seen – I mean, he's a young guy, no doubt, but he's still seen as one of the leaders of this basketball team. And a lot of that is the minutes that he had last year, uh, and a lot of that is is kind of the leadership role he's taking this year. But it's – if the offensive end isn't working for him and he's had some turnovers and this, that, and the other, if you see that guy just just killing himself on the defensive end, denying the ball, I mean, that, that's that's really something that can be built on, I think, and, and, and can trickle down to the rest of the team. One would think, uh, okay, what, what's what's going on here? What, what's, the, what's the reason why they've won back-to-back Big 12 road games? But they weren't good at, uh, at all at home last week. There's no scientific formula to, to prove that, unless there is. Oh, ESPN BPI has been off for four <laughs> consecutive games now for oh, no. OU. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, four consecutive games now. The BPI has been on the wrong side of if OU is going to win or lose a game. So what does that tell us about UCF? Well, that's what I was, about to, that's uh, what I was calculating I saw, those numbers I there, saw you right? pick up your paper. They are going to win. Against UCF, okay? Well, okay. They are going to lose against BYU. They are going to lose to Oklahoma State at oh. home. Yeah, that one's that, that's that going to be, be tough. That'd be rough. They're going to win at Baylor, though, the oh, following game. Nice, but nice bounce back. But then they're going to lose at home to Kansas, and they're going to lose on the road at Oklahoma State. But then they're going to win in Ames. And then they're going to beat Houston at home. Man, that's, that might be a couple top ten wins. Then they're going to lose at home to Cincinnati, but they're going to win at Texas the final game of the year. Hey, way to close out the year <laughs> with a big win at Texas. Uh, I mean, if we're just going with the trend some of the ESPN BPI. Bizarro world. Some terrible, terrible losses, but some really incredible wins to, uh, to, to go out to, to the month of February and the last games in March. E- ESPN uh, BPI must have the uh, same formula that on three recruits have with David oh Stone. Oh, gosh. Must have the same formula. Is Shannon Terry still alive? Is this house still standing? Or did Lord. OU Twitter uh, did, did OU Twitter find his address? They tried, and he kept on. It's, it's, it's kind of like, like how the, the uh, conversation around your mark was for me, right? Because I, I always said, with the officiating in the Big 12 being so poor with OU in Texas, I always said that your mark coming out and saying – like essentially rooting against them publicly multiple times. If you know your boss wa- doesn't want a couple teams to succeed, I think it just creeps in to your you know subconscious or whatever, and that happens. I think 
Shannon Terry says, look, I'm not, I'm not involved in the rankings process. You know, I'm not involved in the scouting, blah, blah, blah. If you know Shannon Terry has beef with this kid and you're in charge of the rankings, subconsciously you might drop the kid. You know what I mean? Like, just because you're not involved in something, like, I don't, I don't think there's some big conspiracy theory that Brett Yormark was telling them not to, you know, call holding, you know, with Oklahoma or Texas. And I don't think there's a conspiracy theory that Shannon Terry, you know, is, is himself going in the computer and deleting numbers and reading. I think it's just, hey, look, our boss that signs our checks may not like this. So let's take him down a little bit. Why, why would he dislike David Stone or, or have beef with him? Well, is he, there a theory or well, it was that? The, the theory is that on three held like an NIL recruiting summit where – a lot of kids ended up going from the southeast and all over the place, right. and they did this. You know, you remember probably seeing pictures of like Sammy Brown and yeah. all these kids. Like, and David was invited but didn't go. And ever since then, and Shannon went on one of the message board screenshots that's going around and saying, oh, "I see David as like a hundred and like maybe a top one hundred and fifty, top two hundred <laughs> type kid." You know, just he's just not very impressive uh. to me. Like, so he started doing that, and it was like that's that's what. I think started it was that plus the hey I don't you know I don't go to the on three recruiting events I've got I'm I'm in every all star game I'm in everything like that like I'm not going to this and uh, yeah I don't think uh, I don't think on three like that very much interesting uh, from the nine one eight unfortunately some good teams just can't shoot free throws and I think OU is one of those teams can they improve slightly maybe yeah I just again the guard play I still think is is pretty good. Free throws to me is just so much about confidence. I, I mean, like everything, and re- really mostly things in sports come down to confidence. In Skill life. set is a in big life. part about it. <laughs> life, yeah. They, they've got to find some confidence free throw-wise, and that's hard to do when you've been missing as many as they have here recently. Like, hey, I, I'm not going to sit here and complain today. They won by 20 points on the road. I, I'm not going to do that. However, the free throw percentages moving forward do need to change. I think we got can all acknowledge that. Yes, we can acknowledge that you don't help yourself by shooting below 62% from the free throw line. Now, with that, it's almost it's so much in their heads that you saw Otega Owe miss a free throw badly last night and laugh. Like, kind of threw his hands up like, man, this is just, it's so in their heads ingrained. But what's weird is, speaking just to Otega, he's been great otherwise. I mean, he's great on the defensive end. His three-point shooting this year is, like, among the tops in the league. And he hardly shot threes last year. So he's worked on it, and he's, he's gained confidence from deep, but it just hasn't translated to, to the free throw line yet. So you hope maybe, hey, Otega, come back next year. Your three-point shot will still be there, and you'll, and you'll take the next step with free throws next year. But yeah. it's one of those things. You're right. It's completely mental. It's, it's not too much on, like, kicking, right? It's ninety percent of the battle is between your ears, so you just gotta just gotta wait. Get... Did they shoot a burrito at the free throw line for an NIL deal? Oh, is that no. what happened? Oh, no. I haven't heard this. Let's get K Ref stats and information on that, <laughs> Connor. I just I hope they weren't shooting around uh, burritos for an NIL oh, deal at the free man. throw line. I thought we had learned our lesson at least one time. Man, oh months. man, jeez. Nine one eight expectations haven't changed with me. We will either win the whole dang thing or miss the tournament and fire everybody. <laughs> hey, if those are the two options, I'll take it right now. Right, because you're at least 50% yeah. odds to win the I'll, whole thing. I'll take those odds right now. I'll take those, those every options. year. 
Uh, please, yeah, yeah let's fire that one up. I'll take those every year. But OU, yeah. OU wins the national championship while shooting fifty eight percent from the free throw line during the NCAA tournament. Hey, hey <laughs> you lead with defense. That's what they'll remember about this team. Nine one eight hundred percent mental at the free throw line. They've been great until recently. 405, Oklahoma, until the last two weeks, was in the top 10 in free throw percentage, and they are third in the Big 12. Right, and I was, and I was looking at those percentages a little bit earlier. They have been dipping pretty dramatically lately. Obviously, these last two or three games, it really kind of turned its ugly head. But, I mean, the, the last two especially, probably, but it didn't hurt us against, against Kansas State. It did hurt us against Texas Tech. It was really good at Cincinnati. Uh, you know, we made, I think, four free throws late, six free throws late, maybe really to seal it. You know, just make your free throws and, and, and get on the bus when you're on those road trips. But, yeah, I think now they've fallen – man, I think they've fallen – I think they're like 74%, which drops them pretty dramatically down. But if you just shoot – if you just shoot 75% and up from the free throw line – I'll take that. Yeah. You just can't shoot below 65%. Nine one eight. we have to ask the age-old question, why not shoot free throws granny style? Guaranteed 20% improvement instantly. Have like Ollie on Hoosiers and yeah. they're shooting free throws. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll have Toby ask Porter that uh, in, in the next uh, media availability. That'll be awesome. Show. Sam Godwin at the free throw line, granny style, hits two big free throws. It. And luckily he's kind of gotten out of his little funk too because he was – the last, last two games, he's played really well. Yeah, man. the three games prior to that was ugly. Texas was bad. He was unplayable against Texas. He comes back, plays well, kind of like he did in that Iowa State game early. Played well. He's aggressive. He's pulling down offensive rebounds again. Again, maybe just a little confidence thing. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get into some OU football next, shall we? We'll do that coming up next right here on The Ref. The home of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community, where our passion and values lie far beyond the showroom. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community, and it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call home. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships to see the Fowler Standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. This is what drives us every day. Fowler Automotive, a proud partner of OU Athletics. or promise to manage benefits or file a claim for you. VA will never charge you for processing a claim, and only VA can determine eligibility. To report suspicious activity, visit va.gov forward slash OIG forward slash hotline. The Rush on the Ref, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson in studio today. Your text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. And how about this from 24-7 Sports? They've got college football teams, each preseason top 25s, make or break factors for 2024. So, for instance, they say Oklahoma State's make or break factor is the talent around Ollie Gordon. Okay. Texas is the defense keeping up with the offense. Georgia's is road game success. They got to go to Alabama. They got to go to Texas this year. 
want to take a guess as to what 24-7 sports thinks OU's make-or-break factor is this season? Well, I would assume it's Jackson Arnold. It's got to be something of the new, right? I think it's either how Seth Luttrell or Jackson Arnold. I think I think they go with either of those. It is the new, but it's nothing personnel-wise. It's all about the schedule. Wow. Performance against a brutal debut SEC schedule. The SEC unveiled its 2024 schedule last month, and it did no favors to conference newcomer Oklahoma, which received one of the more uh, difficult draws in league play. Battles with LSU, Alabama, Texas, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Missouri headline the slate. Yeah, I, th- I think that's interesting because is the schedule difficult Yes, uh, next year? Absolutely. Nobody's going to argue against that. But who knows? Maybe Tennessee is neutered by then. You never know what Alabama is going to be like in first year. Like, your matchup with Texas could go either way. I mean, obviously they were a playoff team last year, and we beat them. Um, like, it's – so it'll be tough, no doubt. But I, th- I think going year to year, do we think Missouri now all of a sudden is a is a top ten team annually? Because no, I sure as heck don't. I mean, history like, says that absolutely no, that's not the case. And I think that's why OU scheduled next year as is viewed as what is brutal, That they the word that they just used to describe OU's schedule. I think if Mid-Zoo has a normal Mid-Zoo year last year and they're 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, and if Ole Miss doesn't have one of their best seasons in recent memory, I bet the narrative on the OU schedule is a little bit different than the word brutal. Because, well, I'm sure, you know, the Texas game's got to be tough. People will look at it that. People aren't looking at Alabama the same, right? Tennessee game you have at home. We'll see about Auburn. I think it's Missouri and Ole Miss their year last year as to why everyone's using that word. And do I think they'll be good next year? Uh, yeah, sure. But, again, it's it's Ole Miss and Missouri. Let's see if they can sustain. Build, exactly right. Sure. And yeah. that's what separates the, you know, your blue bloods of the world um, from the others is, is can you sustain that success? I, I know the blue blood conversation was really going around around Saban's retirement, but it's that's what it is. Can you continue? How do you handle expectations? How do you handle success? And obviously, you've got programs that have handled success and handled transition very well, and you have programs that have not. So, when you look specifically at Ole Miss and Missouri, it's like, all right, you got to prove it. You got to prove it in year in and year out. But I don't know. We'll see how tough the schedule is. I do think it'll be tough, but I don't think it's as br- it will end up as brutal as some people think it is. And also, with Texas, I mean, we talked about it. A lot of people were having Texas top two, top three in the country going Well, they were year. number two in this, in this ranking that I, I mean, just read. I don't know, man. Like, they still haven't replaced Sweat. They still haven't replaced Murphy Jr. They still haven't replaced Jalen Ford. Like, that's the heart of their defense. What, what led them to success so often when they were struggling against teams like Houston, like, it was – I mean, it was the interior of their defensive line and Jalen Ford at linebacker. You have not, Kendrick Blackshear is, is not the answer for that. You know, you've got these – you lost your top defensive line commit. You just hired a defensive line coach who we're told, probably by Ketchum, that is really good. But a lot of teams have questions going into next year, and Texas, their whole defense is in question. Yeah, and I think, I think both things can be true. And I actually think both things will be true for OU schedule next year. I think that it won't be as brutal, like you said, as people think. I think that'll be true. But at the same time, I still think it'll be the most 
difficult schedule in recent memory. I think both those things can yeah. be true. Maybe the schedule OU's playing is oversold a little bit because I saw a list that had OU as the second toughest schedule in college football next year, only behind Florida. Well, I don't think it's going to be to that level, but it's still going to be, yeah, the toughest schedule that you've played in maybe a decade or or a little over that. Right. I think it can be the toughest schedule without meaning that OU's going to go 5-7. and seven. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, sure. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but guess what? All those schools, their schedule got tougher too when OU showed up on it. Like, it, this goes both ways. You know, since the SEC opponents, what, that was back in July, June, July of last year, when we found out the actual opponents, and the headline was, oh my gosh, Nick Saban and Alabama are coming to town. Tennessee, that's really cool too, man. Josh Heupel's return, that's awesome too, but Nick Saban and Alabama are coming to Norman, that's awesome. That's maybe the most difficult game of the year. Well, now that Nick Saban's retired, and I don't know how much you're buying into the thought that... Alabama's going to take this massive dip next year. But could anyone sell you on the way that it looks now and where those games are at in the schedule, most importantly, that the Tennessee game is your first SEC game, that maybe the Tennessee game is the most important SEC home game that you're going to have, seeing it's it's the first SEC game, Bama's at the back half of the year, they've got some big question marks, or do you still think, no, Bama's the biggest home game, it's still the most important home game? I think that obviously things will change as I mean if if Tennessee comes out and loses a couple in the non-con, you know, it'll take some of the shine off of that. So like I, I think it matters how the teams are playing as you go into it, but Tyler, I could absolutely be sold that Tennessee is our biggest game. I mean the storylines are there, you know, a Sabinless Bama doesn't quite have the storylines. And again, it's the first SEC game. That's the one that uh, Sankey will probably be there. I mean, maybe depending on game times and whatnot. But I mean, it's a that'll be big. Obviously, the you know the the football program, the marketing you know people will have something big for us. You know, put together as the first SEC game. I don't know if we'll you know do something different with the you know Jason Fairs with the paint or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's just so much. There's so much you can do with the first SEC game, and that'll just hit a little bit differently. Then okay, Kalen DeBoer is coming to town with at that point no Caleb Downs, no Caden Proctor, no this that the other, and all of a sudden like who knows what their depth looks like now? They got a bunch of five stars on that roster, but what's their actual depth look like at the end of the year? You know? I, yeah, I, I've just th- I've just been thinking more and more about Tennessee actually being the bigger home game next year, just because it's the where it's at in the schedule and how it could kind of set the tone for the remainder of the SEC. Schedule, yeah, you, you know, you go and win your first SEC game. It's people will say, eh, you know, Tennessee. They were at home, blah blah. If you lose that one, yes, oh my god, and that's why, like, if they win that game, I don't think I'm going to be saying, well, that's going to set it up eight and zero, seven and one in the SEC. That's yeah. not necessarily true. But if you lose that first SEC game, then all of a sudden it's. Well, dang, they got to go to Auburn next week, it's, and then man, after we Auburn, and then we they got to go ready. play Texas. This was a then, mistake. Yeah, you're going to yeah. hear it all over national news. You'll hear it locally, everything, all over Twitter. It'll be, oh, you all thought SEC was going to be easy. You can't even handle Tennessee at home. It would it, it would get very ugly. So yes, from that standpoint, and Tyler, I do think anytime I talk to you know people throughout the week about the SEC and whatnot, the number one thing I hear is, oh, Josh is coming home because. There are a lot of fans that, you know, watched Josh play here in person. 
Obviously, a lot of younger fans, maybe not, but a lot of them that did, and they're very excited yep. for him to return. I think that's a massive storyline that it's talked about, but I don't think I don't think we truly understand how big it is with the fan base to welcome him back. Well, since you have a, and because you haven't won a national championship since he was here too, I think yeah. that that really adds to it as yeah. well. I love this text from Matt and Moore, and you know that I often use this as a reason why the 2000 national championship team doesn't get enough respect. But Matt from Moore says, you know who else had a really hard schedule? The 2000 OU team played highly ranked Texas, Nebraska, and Kansas State all in a row and came out unscathed. If you have a really good team, it doesn't matter what your schedule looks like, you get the job done. Yeah. OU played 13 games in 2000, okay? They played a good Texas team on a neutral field at Kansas State, who is a top three team, number one Nebraska at home, at a top 25 A&M team, which that day was the highest attended game ever in the state of Texas, okay? A rematch with Kansas State in Kansas City, Florida State in the Orange Bowl. So six of your top 13 games were really, really tough games that year, and they didn't lose They didn't lose one of them. Yeah, and this is part of – I mean, this is the reason. Obviously, money is the reason, but it's why you go to the SEC, right, Tyler? We've talked about it ad nauseum. It's five SEC teams have won national titles since Oklahoma won their last one. And part of that is when you show up in the playoff, if you've been battle-tested against SEC teams – you don't get blown away by how big, strong, and fast the other team is. We saw that happen with TCU. We, we saw that happen with the 2019 LSU team. We, if you, it, it may be easier to get to the playoff through the Big 12, but once you get to the playoff through the SEC, some of your toughest games you've already played. Yeah. Like So I, I think just based on what we've seen from history, it is easier for a team that is well-funded, that recruits well, that is well coached to win a national title in the SEC than it is in other conferences. How do I know that? Because Florida, Auburn, Georgia, Bama, LSU, they've all done it. Most of them have done it multiple times. LSU did it with two buffoons as head coaches. <laughs> so, like, they, no they, lie they do that, and you have a really hard time convincing me that it's harder to win a national title in the SEC. One more for the 918. Will OU have the SEC logo on the field for the spring game? Which, by the way, I just can't get enough of the new, like the first like SEC logo on this. Like the whole SEC logo the on SEC the uniform patch. For, or on patch for Junior Day last week. Yeah, I was a fan. Oh, and it, it looks – it just looks really natural. I actually I, – I took a screenshot because uh, my buddy uh, – um, John Baker, who does a great job for uh, the creative there at OU, was uh, was kind of in the in the visor, and I was like, "This is a really cool picture," because like you can see, and I, I didn't even notice the SEC patch because it just just looks normal to me already. It just looks clean, man. Like it just it looks, looks re- it just looks really good. But it is is the plan to have it for the spring game? Uh, OU won't officially be a member of the SEC when 420 rolls around. Which thanks to Gunny for a lot of things, but I'll always remember this year what day the spring game's on because of Gunny. It's on 420 this year. Yeah, it's any time I see that. It's it's funny. Any time I see it, I think of Gunny, no matter what. <laughs> and, uh, no, so we won't be official members. I don't think – we can't put it on the field until we're official members, but I wonder how that works since we're already putting it on uniforms. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, normally, do they even have the Big 12 logo? Have they had that recently for the spring game? Or have they just had the – 
like Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. You, you know what I'm right, saying? The high, where yeah, where the, where the uh, conference logo would normally be. I don't know. We'll ask Jason Fares what the plan is, if he knows. Also, someone from the 405 just asked if we have talked about the uh, Arkansas basketball rumors. We have not. I just heard about that rumor today. I have not heard about the rumor. I can't uh, wait to hear about if it. You want to, if you want to Google or Twitter search Arkansas Love Triangle, you are more than welcome to do so. Well, if we're going to talk about it on air, I'd just like to hear it from you. But if we're not going to talk about something called the Arkansas Love Triangle on air. Apparently, maybe. Hey, look, I am not confirming this in any way. They just asked about the rumors, right? The rumor is there, there was a love triangle on the team with Arkansas this year, and that's led to them being such a terrible basketball team recently. So, as for the rumor, that's, yeah, that, there it is. That is interesting. Do with that what you will. I will, uh, next break, I'll be Googling that. <laughs> I need to, I'm going to Google it on the, uh, on the uh, station computer. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need that stuff in my browser history. 405-651-3439 is the Knippel Myers Chevrolet text line. More coming up next, right here on The Ref. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KREF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. Wake up with Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. The T-Row in the morning show. It's what a sports show sounds like when people remember to have fun. Have you ever stormed a court? Never. Never stormed a court or a field, a field ever in my life. No, of any kind. Have you? Have you rushed a court as a fan? I've never rushed a court. I have, I have been involved in one rushing in my life. They had this tremendous buffet in Indiana called the Wellovers. <laughs> Sponsored by Oklahoma Human Services. It is the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson in studio today. Greg from Lawton on the text line says, July 1st, 2024 is the official day OU joins the SEC. We are contractually in the Big 12 until then. It will be interesting to see if they go with an SEC logo on 420. I say no. Yeah, I don't think they can't legally. 847 says, hey guys, have to disagree. I think it is tougher to win the national championship coming from the SEC than it is in the Big 12. The reason is that it's much tougher competition in the SEC and therefore tougher to make it to the playoff. See, my, I understand the logic behind that. And that logic from the 847 in Illinois, that logic is sound. Very sound. But if it's harder to win national championships in the SEC and it's easier in the Big 12, how come everybody in the SEC keeps on winning national championships? And how come nobody in the Big 12 has won a national championship in, what, 15 years? Well, yeah. A little longer than that. But I, I think there's also a positive for the more difficult road, and we, we, we've talked about it several times, but to bring it up again, I, I do think that OU as a program got in a little bit of a lull yeah. playing TCU and Iowa State and Kansas and, and West Virginia. I, I, I believe, and I'm not saying that this will mean that they win 10-11 games every single year, but I think naturally when you see a schedule mostly at basketball schools and then you look at, at Auburn, at LSU, at Ole Miss – Alabama at home, Tennessee at home. I just think it's naturally going to raise the level of this football program back where it needs to be. That's my expectation. That's also my hope. But I think being in a more difficult league instead of a league that 
I don't know, has just been pretty much average for a long time. I think being back in a big boy conference is overall going to be good, beneficial for the health of the football program. I agree. And the recruits that we're bringing in, Tyler, not only are they highly rated and they're they're built for what Venables wants to do with the program. They're they're you know they're they're supposed to be the the fit that he wants, but they're the guys that are coming in and saying, look, I want to go beat the other teams in the SEC. I want to make sure that Oklahoma is arriving in the SEC, right? Not just showing up, right? Like, they're really arriving. And it's it, it it's kind of along the same lines, Tyler, as my LSU versus Texas, wh- what's the better job argument, right? People are saying, well, Texas is obviously the better job. Well, if it's the better job, how come all these coaches – can't seem to win national championships or they can't win the Big 12 ever or anything like this. But LSU had Coach O and Les Miles win national championships there. Like, in my mind, LSU is the better job because you can just show up and win a national title there and nobody considers you. Those dudes aren't even coaching anymore. So, like, that's where I look at it from the SEC is – it must be easier to win a national title there because people keep winning national titles there. And you can do that because you can stack talent quickly because the best players are in the Southeast. You can recruit to the Southeast if you're down there and you have a bigger onus on football. The money that's coming in is much better than money that's coming in at other conferences, maybe save for the Big Ten. But you just, everything's better in the SEC. So you do that and then you, you're able to make it out of that gauntlet and then you show up and you get to play you know, a team from another conference in the first round of the playoffs, a team from the Big 12 or a team from the ACC, and uh, you're better You're better suited for it. Drew from Flower Mountain says, I think we can definitely win an Addy in basketball once we get to the SEC. L- l- look at this, man. I win a game it. on the road at Kansas State, huh? I love it. national championship back, in basketball. 972, the perception is the SEC are all giants. Georgia, Alabama are great generally every year lately. The rest of the league ain't all that. LSU had a good year, then average. Auburn the same way. Tennessee and A&M all have a good year, one out of every seven to ten years. It's yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Like, well, A&M doesn't have a good year. Well, yeah, correct. If, <laughs> if they force a good year to them, then outside of that, everything's correct. But I, what I think that text is, is really saying too, and I think it's spot on, is there's not a lot of consistency across the board in the SEC, at least what you've been sold as. Like, Georgia's got consistency now, but that kind of just started about five, six years ago. Started with Kirby. Bama's had consistency for over a decade. That's impressive. Started with Saban. But is that about to run out? Who else could you say in the SEC has sustained any sort of high-level success recently? Nobody. Florida stinks now. LSU does this weird thing where they win a national title and then they stink, uh, like, immediately. And then... I mean, you look at you look around. I mean, Ole Miss has been good, never great. We'll see that. I mean, they unloaded in the in the portal this year, so we'll see. Um, Mizzou's never been any good. A and M again, recruiting banners, but no actual banners. So yeah, I mean, you you kind of get in these cycles, almost like you see it. I don't know in like 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 in basketball, right? Like you 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 try and make sure, like, okay, this is going to be our year where we put everything together. We've got the right mixture of young talent coming up and developing and mixed in with the returners on defense you know your veteran returners 
and you try and put some a special run together. And that's what these teams have been relying on with maybe a, a great quarterback led like Joe Burrow or Cam Newton or something like that. Uh, Tim Tebow, obviously, in college. Like you get th- these kind of quarterback runs. The hope is that Jackson Arnold is your version of that. 405, if what you're saying is true, how good would the softball team be after the move? OMG. No one's going to ever get them out in a game. Right. I mean, it's they keep getting better, so I don't know how to <laughs> quantify. I uh, mean, they're already dominant, and they're moving to a – well, actually, I, I, OU doesn't need help. I, I, I don't think it's an apples-to-apples comparison. Like, the SEC will help OU's overall talent acquisition, I believe, from the Big 12. OU softball, it really can't get much better right now, honestly, We've, with the way that they're winning. And, yeah, they've got a new stadium. They're going to have a more difficult conference. The SEC is probably the best softball conference right now. Probably not the Pac-12 anymore. ACC's on the come up. ACC like is definitely Clemson on the come Florida up State. for sure, yeah. But I just don't think we can compare anything to OU softball because no. I don't know if there's anything like it out there at this point. No, it's every bit on par with Saban's best, best part of Saban's run at Alabama, it's on. It's on par with that, and I mean, it's same thing goes with KJ Kindler's squad, man. Yeah, I mean, they seriously. keep winning national titles too. So um, definitely, and then we'll see what Jenny B's doing. Jenny B with the, I mean, big game tonight. Big big game tonight. Number two uh, coming to town. Number one in the Big Twelve coming to town, and uh, we need to fill that up, man. Wednesday night game, number two Kansas State, five dollar tickets, five dollars. You you can't get anything for five dollars these days, Tyler. You can't go to McDonald's for five days or for five dollars. But two dollar concession deals tonight. They got the twelve ounce beer, sixteen ounce soda, small popcorn, a uh, chance to win a Jordan swag pack. Um, I mean, it's got got to have the energy there for the women too. Uh, women's sports at Oklahoma are probably the best in the country. And, yeah, you uh, can you can tie K State in the loss column atop the Big Twelve. That's that's. Big, yeah, big time, man. 405-651-3439. More of your texts coming up next right here on The Ref. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. At Bob Moore Nissan, we have the right vehicle and right value for you. Right now, save thousands with low monthly payments and get 1.9% financing. Like a new 2024 Nissan Rogue at 1.9% for 60 months. Plus, we've got Titan trucks at 0%. Over 130 Nissan cars and SUVs to choose from, so shop today. I-35 and Tecumseh or BobMooreNissan.com. 1.9 APR for 60 months on select Rogue trim. $17.48 per month for 1000 finance. WAC through NMAC. The reigning back-to-back national champion OU women's gymnastics team continues their home season on Friday, February 9th at 645 at the Lloyd Noble Center. The Sooners host the local authorities. If you see something, say something. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Cavens Group, bringing you the sour of the rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, Cavens is on the call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group at 405-573-3048. On the text line, it says, LSU only wins titles in Superdome years. 
It's true. <laughs> Somehow they sell their soul and buy it back within four years' time. Hey, they got I mean, we, we've both been to Bourbon Street. That does not shock me. 03, they were there. 07, they were there. 2011, they were there. 2019, they were there. Just saying. All national championship games. They've never played in a national championship game other than in New Orleans. How nice is that? How convenient. But by God, it's an unfair advantage. They got to move the Women's College World Series. It's an unfair advantage that OU softball gets to play in their own backyard every single June. Golly, it's they, ruining the sport. Well, they get to sleep in their own beds. Spoiler alert, no, they don't. But, you know. LSU's played the national championship in New Orleans four times since 2003. <laughs> Florida's played in the Orange Bowl for a national championship. Florida State has played in the Orange Bowl for a national championship before. USC's played in the Rose Bowl for a national championship And there before. are many places that can host those. You won't, yes. you won't find <laughs> yeah. a better facility for hosting softball than, uh, than uh, in Oklahoma City. So, yeah, yeah, don't want don't to hear it. Guy from Parts Unknown on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line says, it's the voodoo. I can, uh, I can, I can get down with that. Yeah. It's like uh, when, when you get to New Orleans and, hey, here's a brochure for a – Ghost graveyard tour. If you're interested in doing that tonight, like where? Whoa! Not even where am bit. I, man? Not even a little bit, actually. It's uh, it's it's a different place for sure. I, I have fun there, but I'm about I'm about three days three and and I haven't been back in a while. I've I been have back in my thirties. It's like all right, three days and then let, let, let's let's move on here. I have fun down there if I'm going for like a you know a, 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 a sporting event. New Orleans isn't a place that I'm just choosing to vacation regularly. Yeah, um, maybe if you're a raging alcoholic or something like that. But it's 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 fun, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's one of those you need a vacation after the vacation. Hour number two, the rush coming up next.